Hey, 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 what's going on, everyone? My name is Aaron Brown, and you are now listening to Resilience in Action, the podcast. What's going on, everyone? My name is Aaron Brown, and we are here with Angela Musco, and you are listening to Resilience in Action, the podcast. Um, Angela, go ahead and give us a little background. Give us a little history. Let us get to know you a little bit. Yeah, so first off, thank you so much for, for having me. I'm really, really excited. Uh, so my name is Angela. I, um, I work in network marketing. Um, I work completely for myself, which is super appropriate because I'm also neurodivergent and I don't think that me working for somebody else does not really work. So uh, I am a mom of a 14 year old. Uh, I had her when I was 18. Um, We live in upstate New York and like upstate New York, not like super, super top, but uh, definitely in the woods away from people. I love people, but I am extremely introverted. Uh, we live with my mom, which has always been uh, my dream just to have like all of us in a house together. Uh, I'm super, super passionate about uh, learning about people, understanding people. Uh, so I've kind of put myself in a position where I can make an income from home. I can be my own boss and I can literally just uh, be a weirdo and uh, <laughs> learn about people and study people. It sounds so creepy. Like I live in the woods and I learn about people and study people. I don't know that I feel like that's like some criminal mind stuff, but uh, yeah, that's me. I'm super, it's very, very basic. I love like, I love nice things, but I am just very, like, I am super content with just living a, a very calm, mellow, normal life. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's a little bit about me. I'm sure there's a lot more. There's definitely a lot more. There's definitely. <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot, lot more. more. Listen, I, listen, <laughs> I, I've, I, I like to do my homework before I interview anyone. So I know like a little bit about them and you, she said, I, I, there's probably more. There's definitely more. <laughs> there's definitely more. Okay. All right. So you said you're um you're a mother of a 14-year-old. Um, how's that? How's that? So uh, I I think I it's great. Like I love the teen years. And like I say that to people when people are like, oh, you're a mom of a teen girl. Like, is that awful? And I'm like, no. <laughs> I I love it. Uh it could also possibly be she's neurodivergent as well. She has ADHD. So like we have the same brain, uh, which is really cool. But it's really cool to like uh watch her like develop into the person that she just is naturally and kind of like lead and guide as a parent instead of like I don't know what I thought it was gonna be I thought it was gonna be like super strict rules like she has rules she has boundaries like all of that but it's like more of like the leadership side which is really really cool and like watching her develop I I love the teen years and I could like literally talk to you in like two years and be like nope I take it all back but I mean right now I love it I, I love it yeah yeah that's awesome 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 so uh all right so let's jump let's go to to your childhood you're up no. a little bit whoo caught you bang got you <laughs> we're, we're hopping right because in <laughs> you jumping right in rips a bandit off um because you you said uh you and your daughter both have ADHD so I would like to for our people, our listeners to um, get a little understanding, because if I'm not mistaken, you said you weren't diagnosed until you were 26. So what was that like growing up feeling like super different 
and learning how to navigate that. Yeah. So uh growing so a lot of I'm gonna like preface this because uh the way that I'm gonna say it is like actually my perception growing up and I know that that's not accurate right now so for me um I did know a couple people who had ADHD but they were white boys <laughs> so in my brain that was like a white boy thing Gotcha. Honestly, right? And it was like uh I grew up in a house my my parents really didn't know about it but back then it was kind of like this is the thing that they label kids who are just like out of control type mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. So from a really, really young age, um, I knew that I was different and that I thought on a completely different level, like stupid young. Like I would ask questions and my parents would be like, literally ask me like, why don't you ask normal kid questions? And I'm like, well, I'm not a normal kid then, right? So like all these things started getting put in my head uh, and it's not their fault. Like I don't fault my parents at all. Like my mom laughs at that and she's like, oh, that's what that was, right? So uh, from a really, really young age, um, I, it was either or. And I was told like when we would go out in public, like, you know, be on your best behavior. Don't embarrass us, right? So I'm like, okay, cool. Like I can't be myself then. <laughs> <laughs> questions I'm gonna be a weirdo right but then I would so then like there was a point in time where I would go out you know like and just not talk and my parents were like well you're now you're being antisocial and I'm like oh crap <laughs> okay so I can't be me and I can't not be me so I have to figure out somebody mm -hmm. um so a lot of my childhood was spent uh observing people to figure out who I should be in certain rooms, right? So I would walk into the room and like literally just look around and listen to people and watch their facial expressions. And I literally, that's how I communicated for a long time was not, not that I ever was nonverbal, but like I learned about people in a nonverbal way <clears throat> in order to figure out who I should be in that room. Like how much of me am I allowed? How much of me am I not allowed? why is this room different from this room? So like I started like from a really young age, just like uh, memorizing different types of people and how they behaved. And then I got to a point where I was like, so this is literally my entire childhood. Like it didn't come across, like it didn't even like phase my mind, like, oh, I'm different. It's like, I'm different. So how do I fit in? So it was like always the focus of like, how do I best fit in to not embarrass my parents, not embarrass myself, not like have to talk myself out of things that have to explain myself like, oh, no, 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 that's not what I meant. So I'm like, there has to be a more duplicatable way <laughs> to figure this out. Like there shouldn't be like me walking into a room to wait to figure out who I should be. Right. Mm -hmm. So from like a really, really young age, uh, probably like eight, nine, 10, I started realizing that there's like people who like study other people for a living. And I'm like, that's, that's awesome. Like, I could just read what they wrote. Right? Yeah. I could just like learn what they did. So that was, that was pretty much my entire childhood and teen years. Uh, and it became less of me realizing how different I was and more of me having this focus on, uh, yeah, I don't even think it was like me realizing how different I was. It was just like, oh, this is a thing. I don't know why it's a thing. It's just a thing. All I have to do is figure out how other people are and just mimic them, just mm -hmm. mirror them. And okay. then nobody yeah. would know I'm different, right? So that was literally my entire childhood from as early as I can remember all the way up to my teen years. So you, so you developed the ability to be a chameleon. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. And then, and then it was like, because of that, it's funny you say that because of that, I had such different friend groups. Cause I didn't want to blend them. Gotcha. It was like, I was like that one Angela sense. here and one Angela here. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, now I gotta figure out how to, how do I have a baby? <laughs> how do I have a baby of Angela <laughs> if I blend them. Right. So I had like, I was a chameleon, but then I had all these different lives. Right. Yeah. Uh, and it was never like a lie necessarily. You know what I'm saying? It was just how do I mirror these people so that I don't stick out? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Wow. Wow. <laughs> okay. So you, that's something you've been, that's something you've been dealing with for, for a long time. And, and how mm. did you go from learning how to be a chameleon and mimic and mirror other people to who, who you are today? Yes. So um, a couple different things happened. Uh, I'm going to tell you like the one thing that made me realize that like most people aren't doing what I do. And I really thought that that's how it was. Right. But like, I knew it wasn't to the extreme. Cause like I'm sitting here at 10 years old, like reading like about Sigmund Freud and like why people put things in their mouth because they didn't have enough bottle time. <laughs> like, why am I 10 years old knowing all this? Right. So um when I was a teenager, I gravitated more towards friendships of uh, Black people and people of color. And something, I'm going to say the word tangible, but I know like tangible is like, you, you can't yeah. touch something, but that's obviously not the word. So uh, when I started building relationships with them and their families, there was like this thing. I didn't know what this thing was that like was like a mutual understanding of like, I would never fit into their, a certain part of their world mm-hmm. and I would never be invited into that world. And that was super comforting to me because I felt like that with everybody, right? But and I didn't know why I felt like that with everybody, but with those friends, I would, it, it was like this mutual understanding and I felt like I could be more of myself. Okay. So it was like, I, I don't feel the need to be invited to whatever part of this world, because I had no idea when I was a young teenager. I don't feel the need to be like impede on any part of their world that I wasn't going to be invited into it. I knew that I wasn't going to be invited into it. So I felt like there was this mutual, like tangible thing of like, you will always be different. Right. And I could just be myself. Right. And then my brain immediately goes like, well, why? <laughs> right? Like, I, I can't just like, <laughs> I don't know. Why, why is this post-it pink? I don't know. Like my brain immediately goes like, it has to be more than like melanin. Right. So from that point, I started realizing like what was actually happening, right? Like I could like now have this tangible thing of like, wait, why are these friends? Like, why do I feel like I can be more of myself with this group of friends and not that group of friends? Like, why is there so much subliminal stuff of like this unspoken, this is who you have to be, right? So when I had this tangible thing of like, we have this mutual understanding that we love each other. We respect each other. We have a really good relationship, but there's this certain part that you will never fit into. And that's just how my brain has always worked. Right. So I had this thing. And when I, once I had that, it was like, Whoa, this nobody fits in anywhere. Yeah. And we all just walk around with like this unsaid, ridiculous, like and that was way before I, I had been diagnosed with ADHD, but like we, we all walk around with this, right? We all walk around, except it was just like super, super real to me. Not that it's not real to anybody else, but like I actually have a, a brain condition, right? So it's like, 
we all do this. So like the more I try to fit in, the more I'm feeding this narrative that nobody ever talks about. Mm -hmm. So like, why can't I just be myself? And on top of it, it's exhausting trying to be a chameleon with all these people for them to still possibly not like you. It's right? yeah, <laughs> a lot of work. It's so much work. And it's so much work. It's like, I was watching, like, I was watching the Tinder swindler. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> was that me as a child, right? Like, minus the stealing and the criminal activity, right? But I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, that's what I was doing, right? So once I had this, like, tangible thing to hold on to, or to hold, to hold on to, yeah. I was like, once I had this tangible thing, it started, I started realizing like, wow, we're literally all just doing this and for what, right? Uh, so that was kind of when I started like realizing, um, 26, I got diagnosed with ADHD and then 28 or 27 or 28, I, I actively made a decision to just stop. Like, what am I doing this for? This is exhausting. Like, I'm just, I'm, people aren't going to like me there's gonna be somebody who doesn't like me. There's gonna be a lot of people probably who don't like me. There's billions of people. Like, why am I trying to like fit into like billions of people? Like, I don't think I was put on this earth for that. Uh, so that's when I like actively made the decision to just like, you know, it is what it is. Um, but it was like, it was a long process of like realizing that like, wow, we just, we are all weird. <laughs> we're all weird. We all don't fit in. And we're all just like walking this earth trying to fit in. I don't know. So yeah, out here trying to find our tribe. Right, right. Yeah. So, yeah. But you found yours. But you found your yeah. tribe, right? Yeah. Well, tell us about that. Let's dive into this businesswoman over here. Yeah. So, um, I had my daughter when I was eighteen. Uh, I had zero skills. I mean, you know, like I was still in high school. <laughs> like, I mean, I have skills. I have like, skills. Don't say that. Like, you had skills. Like, master of psychology. <laughs> I graduated high school so what did I even need to know about slopes and graphs for I don't know so <laughs> in my head I had like <laughs> like no skills uh I got into retail uh retail management which <laughs> is awful yes <laughs> so mm -hmm. bad yeah but in my head it was like okay I'm I'm about to I'm like <laughs> life is happening like I am not only responsible for myself which I'm actually not responsible for myself like yet but I also have a kid on the way right yeah. so uh, my brain said you know where how do you make the most money the easiest way with the least the least amount of skills I'm like I know people <laughs> retail <laughs> right so um so I got into retail uh I was miserable I'm, I'm a terrible employee like <laughs> I'm rules are not rules are not my thing because I go to the why right and so it's like some rules it's like you know it's just because Angela I'm like no that's not good enough right I need to know why like you need to explain to me why x and y equals z and without that I'm not doing it right so like uh <laughs> that was awful uh but I did it because I had to make an income right so I ended up uh, retail, 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 and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna go back to school, back to school, right? Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to college because, like, I really love people. I really love working with people, and I don't think that retail is the way that I'm gonna be working with people my whole life. I hope not. I don't. I didn't do all this research my whole life <laughs> to to end up, you know, nothing against retail, right? But. Yeah. So I went to school and uh, I started uh, studying psychology and uh, legal studies. So I'm like, 
I, w- I just want to keep learning about people. And if I'm going to do it, then I'm, <laughs> I'm going to get a paper that says I've done it. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm going to do that. Um, so I ended up loving it. Um, I was working for my dad at the time. He's an appraiser. And I was working for him, which ended up being uh, perfect. And I ended up happening upon uh, network marketing. And I'm like, I was that person. I was like, okay, I'm never gonna be the one percent, but like, we are broke, broke. Like, we we couldn't even uh, four and a half years ago. Like, we couldn't. I couldn't pay my electric bill. So I got like this final termination notice, which was not the first <laughs> by any means, but it was less than a hundred dollars. It was seventy nine dollars and thirteen cents. And I was like, gosh. I'm like 28 years old, 29 years old. And I, I knew this bill was coming. It's not even a hundred dollars. It's not a surprise bill. And I can't keep my lights on. Like this cannot be my life. Mm -hmm. So I joined network marketing and I was like, you know, I, I totally do this. Like I can totally make $80. Like I've banked on myself before. I can totally make it $80. So I ended up joining and I ended up uh, making the $80. My lights are on. (laughs) So, uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so I ended up joining and um, really like getting into network marketing uh, because it allowed me to go to school. It allowed me to extend my day and it allowed me to be there uh, to put Ariana on the bus, take her off the bus, be home to help her ho- with homework and all of that kind of stuff. Uh, and I didn't have to like listen to anybody else's rules, which was great. <laughs> I wasn't yes, at absolutely. risk of losing my job because I was asking why too much. Yeah. Um, and I started realizing like, wow, like, this opportunity right now, you know, and four and a half years ago, and it, it still is that now, but uh, there's just like this stigma around like what you should look like and what you should sound like and who you should be in order to be successful. And I was none of that, <laughs> like, like not at all. Right. And there were people who were coming into our team who were not that, mm-hmm. and they were succeeding. And I was like, wow, like this is so backwards. Like this, has like there's a stigma around this industry that you have to look a certain way you have to be a certain way or whatever but really like this is the industry for misfits Mm -hmm. like if you don't fit in anywhere else if you like literally you you're you me right like you you don't fit in you don't like you're not the standard you're not the ideal you're not all these things like this could be for you right so um that was the thing that i was like gosh like this is this is the community and this is the opportunity that i've been looking for my whole life and essentially studying people my whole life to fit the um the opposite of how i view this right like i wanted to be that perfect like you know ideal like what what even is that I don't know but that's uh that's why I ended up staying uh and you know being here four and a half years later it's like I never thought that this would be the thing right but I'm cool with it it's fine like so yeah (laughs) nice nice um community is a big thing for you oh huge 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 let's talk about that like um what attracts you to certain individuals, certain groups um, of people? What is about that group, that individual that you're like, ah, like I want to connect with this person. I want to be in this person's orbit or this group's orbit. Yeah, so that's been one of the things that has been super challenging for me. Okay. um, Being a chameleon my whole life because for my entire life, it's like, I never really thought of which group of people or which people, like, 
who I would be attracted to because it was always like how I could hide myself the best. Right. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Um, so as far as community, it's like now even just like kind of like trying to navigate through that, it's like, I don't know how to say this. So I want to say this in the best way possible. Uh, with every single person, I try to like understand them on a deeper level even before I know them mm -hmm. it's like I have this awareness that every single person is who they are because of their experiences because of what they've lived through because of just a lot of different factors you know they weren't just like raised in a room to be whoever they are like so many different things go into it so like right now um a big part of the the way that I'm attracted to people or the groups of people that I'm attracted to is like the more open your mind is and not necessarily in the sense of like um a conscious openness i don't know if that makes sense yeah uh the more open people's minds are or the more that they just have this equal part of like let me understand myself and understand the world around me and be flexible in both um that's really the mostly the people that or the groups that I'm I gravitate to because I know who I am now and I'm I'm I love like learning more about myself now and I love growing as a person now but I also understand that that requires other people <laughs> I mean, does that make sense yeah uh, absolutely that, yeah so like that's those are the people that I gravitate to because I feel like I'm forever growing my brain is forever growing and I I don't necessarily have a desire, I don't think I'll ever have a desire to connect or to build connections with people who are, have, have reached their maximum growth, <laughs> you know, right, right, yeah. right. so that's, that's really like the, the group that I'm, or the, uh, the ideal group, I don't know, the ideal person, yeah. that's what I'm very attracted to, um, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha, so, so not being stuck being being fluid being being water like water can be liquid it can be a solid it can be a gas like learning how to um not necessarily manipulate yourself um but learning how to move through the world with the understanding that the world is ever changing the world is ever growing and you have to be willing to to understand that you are too. Yeah, absolutely. Like I have to be able to grow and adapt to contribute to the world and vice versa, right? Like I, I can't grow. There's only so much work that I can personally do without my understanding that who I am as a person affects the world, right? It's like, it's funny that you say like with water, cause I'm like forever talking about like ripple effects, right? Like if I am unwilling to grow, if I'm unwilling to learn, like where does that put me in the universe as far as like every single thing that I do creates a ripple for people I will never meet, right? Uh, so those are, yeah, those are definitely the people that I, I gravitate to who have that understanding or maybe again, it doesn't even have to necessarily be conscious cause I feel like I've had that understanding for before I even understood that was a thing, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Um, do you have any advice you would give to someone who was interested in um, MLM? Yeah. Uh, be very conscious of what your gut tells you. 
Um, for me, a huge part of like, even before joining MLM, I was very much so, uh, it, I, it wasn't even an attraction. It was like this, a, a social attraction. Okay. It's like, this is what MLM is. So like the really nice cars and the really nice homes and the perfect outfits and the perfect content and the perfect pictures. And I gravitated towards that because it's pretty imperfect in my life. <laughs> I don't think has ever been pretty and perfect and, you know, wrapped in a bow. Right. But like the way we're raised is like, that's attractive. Right. It's like all the good, all the whatever. And you kind of get lost in that. Yeah, and I think American a lot of people, yeah, it's like a lot of people just like, they see that and they don't have that yet, or they see that and they want that. And that's what they gravitate to. And I think that that's the, the hardest thing around MLM is like a lot of like, uh, even the, like the anti-MLM, like the bashing around it, I understand because you paint this picture and you say like, you know, this is what you will have. Like, that's, that's, that's not that. So, I mean, anybody like really like kind of either there or like considering MLM, just like, just really follow your gut with it. You know what I'm saying? Like if it feels, uh, if it feels like it's this picture perfect thing uh, with the people that you're following or the opportunity that you're looking for, it, it probably is, mm -hmm. you know? So uh, don't be scared to like really like connect with the people who you feel are sharing it all, the good, the bad, the ugly, the like people who aren't afraid to, I don't think, I mean, when I, when I joined, my leader wasn't like, you know, the, my, my top leader was a top leader my direct leader, she was not, she was not a top leader, but I resonated with her and it was the mm -hmm. small things. It was like, gosh, you know, she's able to, you know, take the day and go on a field trip with her kid. That matters to me. Right. Like it matters to me that, you know, she was collecting bottles at some point in time to put food on the table for her family. And now she's not right. So like the small things, right. The, the things that like, you can see yourself in right now instead of having to like feel like oh I have to become this completely different person I have to become this completely different thing I have to sound a certain way I have to be a certain way like find the things that make your soul feel good um and that you just get that good like I don't even know that's not advice <laughs> find the thing that you get the good vibe from <laughs> that's not no, advice no, right absolutely like, listen subjective. Uh, someone out there is list is going to listen to this and they're going to completely understand everything you just said is going to resonate with them. Sure. Like, so don't, don't say there's not advice. It's definitely advice. Definitely it's advice. such subjective, like just whoever you vibe with, whatever opportunity you vibe with, but definitely go with your gut because I see, uh, I see so many things out there that I'm like, gosh, like I know this industry can significantly help and change a, a lot of people's lives. Sure but not when they're not sharing the good, the bad, the ugly, the, the truth behind it. And it's not all pretty, like no business, no business period is all pretty. Like, and if it was, I'd be like, what's happening there, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah, so just be open-minded and, and really follow your gut. It would be my biggest thing. Yeah, I love the authenticity. Like I, I know like on our text messages, like I said, I, I think I said that word a lot because I fully believe that you will make the, the greatest connection with someone else when you can show up as yourself, you know? And um, 
being comfortable with doing that takes takes time takes practice you're going to want to give up because it's going to suck it's going to suck like learning who you are learning what you want in life (laughs) it's going to suck like I'm speaking from experience and I'm sure you can as well like there were days when I was like fuck this shit period (laughs) whatever but um learning how to navigate those waters is a skill that i think we all need to learn um and it's not just one skill several skills but yeah being authentic and learning where your people are and seeing the 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 good but also seeing the the hard and the bad and like the days when you literally just want to stay in bed and and that's it like that's your best yeah like, that is your absolute best and being okay with you know that being your best yeah for sure and I think a lot of people don't realize like it's the I'm not I'm not gonna get like religious about this but it's the god and devil conversation like you can't believe in one without the other right like you can't believe in good without bad you can't have success without failure like it's it's like this balance of both and it's a crappy balance (laughs) because when the bad comes bad right but like understanding that like that is what gives you that gauge to when things are good right Mm -hmm. um yeah and you can appreciate it oh for sure you can definitely appreciate it gosh yeah yeah um can you think of a recent challenge that really really tested you (laughs) this is a setup question (laughs) and how did you yeah how did you navigate through that challenge you don't got to get into details i didn't get into detail uh but like a challenge that really like like really like and you had to figure out how to write yourself yeah so uh, my, my, my life now, <laughs> uh, so the past year and a half, so I'm going to answer this question, like, all the way through. Do okay, this, so- <laughs> do that shit. <laughs> so two years ago, uh, we moved into our dream home. We don't own it, we rent it, uh, but it's perfect. Uh, my mom has her office, I have an office, uh, it's three bedrooms, um, it's in the middle of the woods, it's perfect. And I'm like, gosh, like I worked my butt off for this. Like this now is the moment I get to enjoy it. <laughs> so uh, we moved in. <laughs> we moved in two and a half years ago. And uh, right after we moved in, it ended up being a leap year. So it was February 29th, uh, March 7th or something, COVID, like everything shut down. Gotcha. I'm like, oh, thank goodness. Look at the universe <laughs> working for me. <laughs> Uh, now we get to be in our dream home and we don't have to leave, right? It's awesome. Um, so, a couple months in our heat went, our plumbing went. So everything shut down and we don't have heat or plumbing. So like my, my landlord's great. So he's like, yeah, we're going to fix it. But like, it's like, it's the middle of winter now. And I'm like, we have to stay somewhere. Yeah. And it's COVID. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Uh, So we ended up having to figure that out um, a little bit, a a little while later with COVID, um, with Ariana going remote. um, 
little backstory. She had been diagnosed with ADHD when she was seven years old. And for six years, I'm not against medicine. She's on medicine now. I take medicine. Uh, but we really wanted to try everything first, mm-hmm. um, which was actually a really great decision because we still use those things. Um, but we had been treating her holistically. Uh, we ended up having to get a tutor come to the house, which was chaos in the middle of, you know, COVID. So it was like, you know, we had a hard time finding a tutor. We ended up finding a family friend, um, and she had a really bad bout of depression. Um, so I had to kind of like take a step back from my business and literally and pour into her. And I think that happened to a lot of teenagers. Um, and then just after that, it was literally life hitting one thing after another, like our car went, we had to get our our car fixed, uh, a couple family emergencies, like all this different stuff. And then, um, out of nowhere, uh, she started getting really sick. Mariana. Um, and I've shared this a lot on social media. I didn't really share like what was actually happening because we didn't know. So out of nowhere, um, we ended up, she ended up getting put on um, medicine and for ADHD in January of last year. Um, and a couple months later, she started getting like, she's 14 now. So she was 13 at the time. I didn't monitor her weight. But like all of a sudden I started seeing like her collarbone showing more and I was like, what is going on? Like, so I made her get on the scale uh, and I noticed that she had dropped a little bit of weight and I'm like, you're eating the same. She had always had kind of like stomach issues. Mm-hmm. Um, but a couple weeks after that, um, she started getting really bad um, episodes of massive stomach pain. Um, she would eat, like start eating and then be like hunched over screaming on the ground. Uh, so we took her back to the doctor and when we took her back, we realized she lost 14 pounds. And so she's a tall, thin human 10 to 15 pounds was a lot for her, especially being like a developing, like young teenager. And I'm like, this, something, something's not right. Uh, over the next couple of months, she lost a total of 50 pounds. Uh, we had been taking her to a GI. Uh, she couldn't eat properly, which was never a thing. She's like, food is her jam. And she's like, bougie <laughs> food. Like, let me find, like, what do you want to eat tonight? I'm going to find like a very unique restaurant. And we're going to like, she loved food. And she started developing this fear around food because anytime she would eat, oh, do this thing. Yeah. So, um, we started going to doctors. I promise I'll get to like what it's taught. No, 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 tell, continue. So, I'm, I'm here. We're here. We went to, uh, we got a referral to a GI, um, like in, uh, our, like our pediatricians network or however, however you would say that. Uh, and she was like, you know, we did all the tests, nothing's wrong. Um, you know, just, you know, we don't want her to, you know, keep losing weight. So maybe, you know, her colon's not working properly. It's just running slow. And I'm like, her colon running slow is not the reason, but whatever. So she put her on a high dose of like laxatives and stuff like that which ended up making the problem worse, we found out later. Uh, So she was on like this high dose of laxative and the the doctor was like, just feed her anything. Anything she will eat, I don't care. Just feed her. We don't want her to lose any more weight. It's We weren't even trying to have her gain weight. But at that point in time, she had lost over a fourth of her body weight. So uh, I was like, you know what, forget this. Um, I'm taking her to Columbia University in, in the city. And uh, in order to do that, we had to, we ran all of these tests. We ended up finding a tumor in her liver. So that was scary. It ended up being uh, a benign tumor. It's just a, something that happens. And apparently most women have it and they walk around with it and it never bothers them. They don't know about it. But we had to have the cancer conversation with her. Uh, 
And so she had a, a liver doctor, a liver specialist, and then a whole team at Columbia for uh, her, her GI issues. Mm-hmm. Um, so we ended up going and we, we stayed for like a week and had all these tests done, plus like cancer conversations, which is like, thank God that's, that wasn't the thing, but that's also a level of processing and like, you know, handling to even have that conversation, you know, with your 13 year old, like, Hey, this tumor could literally be nothing or it can be an aggressive form of cancer. Mm-hmm. So like, uh, that was, that was rough. Yeah. Um, we ended up finding out, uh, the GI stuff and it, it took, uh, two medicines to, to, to fix. It's not, it's not fixed, but it's, it's managed. Right. So, um, her, she, her, she had a stomach issue, which was causing a colon issue because her colon was trying to protect her stomach and her stomach was, uh, tightening too quick. So she, we, she wasn't able to get food in to yeah. her stomach. So two medicines, cool. She has not gained the weight back, but no more weight <laughs> loss. And she can eat now. She she eats. She eats <laughs> now. Good, good, good. Yeah. So with all of that happening, it kind of put into perspective that um, we moved into this house after like, you know, working really, 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 really hard to just change everything. We moved into this house and then all this stuff started happening and life started throwing punches, 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 punches. And it made me realize that like COVID was going to happen anyway. Yeah, maybe the the plumbing stuff and the heat stuff (laughs) wouldn't have happened because we wouldn't have lived in this house, but the stomach stuff was going to happen anyway. The car stuff was going to happen anyway. The family stuff was going to happen anyway. And because I had been given this opportunity two years prior, that was really, really, or two or three years prior, it was really, really scary. And I just did it out of necessity. And then I just went with it. And I just trusted my gut that I was able to and it's not like an income claim. I feel like I have to say that, but like I was able to afford to say, no, forget this GI that is in network. I'm taking her to the best children's hospital around here. Like, no, we're not doing this. Like I'm going where I want to go for her. Uh, And the fact that I was able to take that time off and be able to go do that and be able to be with her during a really hard part in her life right and it just like kind of like put everything into perspective that like no maybe maybe the dream isn't happening right now but this part has to happen for me to understand the result of the two years three years prior of pouring my heart into something that scared the shit out of me quite frankly right yeah uh, so life stopped hitting and then I went through a breakup. <laughs> so my fiance and I were together for 11 years. Um, and it wasn't a conventional breakup, which made it really, really hard. Uh, I had Ariana when I was 18. He and I started dating when we were really, really young, um, in the middle, in the middle of our relationship. I don't know. Uh, he realized that he was transgender and went through a transition Um, and with all this stuff in life happening and hitting and hitting, and we just kind of like came to this conclusion that like, we either have to like pour into this relationship because life is going to happen no matter how much money we have, or no matter how good things are, like we either just pour into this or something needs to happen. And, and he, uh, kind of realized that something that was important to him was being able to go and live his life, uh, (laughs) 
free of this family. Like, I don't, I know that sounds really crazy, but like figure out who he was, if this family is even going to be, not that if this family is even going to be a thing, because he's always going to be in this family, but if this relationship or this thing that we're working towards our future, like how are we supposed to know, right? Uh, so it was like a very weird breakup and it's been a long time, <laughs> a long time going, right? Because it's like, it wasn't anything like terrible yeah. and it just reminded me again and like with going through and that was super emotional and I think that that would have been emotional anyway, but like, especially after, you know, a year and a half of all this stuff happening, that was just an, another reminder of like, you have the opportunity now to have these choices. And this is always what you've wanted, Angela. You've always wanted choices. Now the universe is throwing choices at you. It's just not your ideal choices, mm. right? So you can't pick and choose your damn choices, Angela. You got what <laughs> you asked for. Right. You like, got what you asked for. Exactly. You weren't specific enough. <laughs> Mm -hmm. so like these are these are the choices like the, now the universe is throwing choices at you and you just happen to not like them you you can't pick and choose you wanted choices you said you wanted choices you said you didn't want to be backed into a corner you said you didn't want to be struggling you said you didn't want all of this and I'm like oh no my <laughs> <laughs> next time around I'm gonna be a little bit more clear <laughs> the universe has jokes <laughs> so um yeah, really the past year and a half of just like navigating life, hard stuff in life too. It's like, you know, that immediate hit or that immediate information. It's like, oh my gosh, this sucks. And I feel like that's like the natural, like where to go, like the emotional, like, oh my gosh, why me? Why is this happening to me? Right. And I don't fault humans for doing that. Cause like I did that. Right. But it's just taking the step back and realizing like, Is what's happening i understand i understand that like all this stuff had to happen for me to it's the good and bad conversation again right so yeah the past year and a half has been a really big lesson about life and you know uh a lot of the time like really bad messy stuff has to happen and i feel like if bad messy stuff is going to happen anyway, I'm going to figure out why it's happening and learn something from it and just sit in it. And, you know, don't, don't get me wrong. There have been days I'm like, I'm not getting out of bed. I am so sad for myself. <laughs> like, that has happened. Yeah, of course. Of but course. ultimately it's like being able to take a step back and, and really take the time to process information. I feel like a lot of people don't prioritize that to process what's going on and what's happening and figuring out that like this is so necessary mm -hmm. even more so necessary than probably the success we've had in this business to like kind of like really see that life has to hit and life has to happen in order for that growth to happen right so uh the past year and a half has been probably the biggest learning lesson that i've ever had because it's been like that I can't just problem solve out of all of this. <laughs> I can't just think about all of this, right? And use my big brain to find a solution. It's like all the stuff that's like, gosh, there's really no solution except for feeling my feelings. Mm. <laughs> right? So, yeah. Yeah, feeling your feelings. That's a that's something that I had to I had to learn how to do. And I have to come to the 
realization that there's a lot of people in this world that still don't know how to do that. And that's no, it's not my responsibility to teach them. It's not my responsibility to show them. Um, and I'm like, shit, I would just want to show you because life will be so much easier if you can just sit in what you're feeling for a moment, for a moment. Like, are you mad? Be mad. Are you angry? Are you, are you, do you want to rage? Fucking rage. <laughs> like, right. like, right. like, do you, do you want to cry? Go cry because crying is so therapeutic. I wish people would understand that. Like, yeah. it's so therapeutic to it's like a, like a release, Mm -hmm. like cry. If you want to scream, go out back and scream. Like, you know, if you want to be happy and do a cartwheel, do a cartwheel. I'm scared to do cartwheels because (laughs) I'm like, I'm, I'm tall and I've never done a cartwheel, never tried. So I feel like if I try now, I'm probably going to break my neck or something. What happened to Aaron? You have a lot of, a lot of area. Like you have a long arm to catch you or a long leg. It doesn't matter. It's still getting there. It's getting there. And I still have a lot of life to live. And the last thing I want to do is die because I tried to do a Right, could you imagine like that's what took me out a cartwheel? Come on. All this, all the <laughs> stuff that I've been through, all the, the ups and downs, the trials and tribulations, me setting myself up for failure. Yeah. And this is the one thing. <laughs> this is the one thing that right. me, oh this, this is what took me out trying to do a damn cartwheel. <laughs> trying to celebrate, right? Yeah, no. <laughs> no, thank you. I'll just clap, give myself a high five, like whatever it is. Um so but I'm Cartwheels is not going to be it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> is there anything else that you want to share? Anything you want the listeners to know about you, uh, where they can find your social media, anything like that? Yeah, sure. Uh, but <laughs> something I'd like to share with your listeners is that your content is like life-saving. <laughs> so it's so funny because that uh, just real quick, like when you were just saying uh, about like feeling your feelings, I think so many people, it's, I heard a quote one time and like you talk about this, but you don't talk about it. I, maybe you have said this, but I've wa- I watched a lot of your stuff. So maybe you have said this, but it's like, uh, you can't heal with just your brain because your ego literally won't allow you to and for so long I was like whatever I have literally I have figured out ways to feed my family I have figured out my whole life with my brain you can't tell me anything right like my (laughs) brain can solve anything right uh and you and you talk about this and I think that it's so cool to like really and I know that you said that like you wish you could just like shake everybody and like make them understand like the the power that like having that understanding of yourself and that understanding that like the things that people do are just it's so normal it's like but just because it's normal is not right kind of thing Mm -hmm. yeah um so i i i love your content i think that it's so cool and i think that uh with with what you're doing is so necessary because we're not taught that like at all we're not taught that like feelings are normal. You don't have to, you know, take a breath, you know, you feel enraged, like find a healthy way to get it out. You don't have to just take a breath and calm yourself down. That's not why feelings are there, right? Like we're we're meant to feel them. That's why it's called feelings. (laughs) 
right. If they were meant to just like calm down and suppress and not feel, you wouldn't yeah. feel feelings, right? Uh, so I think that that's I think that that's really cool. And um, so yeah, I mean, people can find me at uh, on Instagram at the dot Angela Musco. Uh, same on TikTok. Uh, my content is like right now. I'm flowing. I'm flowing with it. It's all over the place. If you're looking for a niche, I am not your girl. <laughs> I'm like, how do I feel right now? I'm gonna share it, right? People are like, what do you actually talk about? I'm like, I talk about humans. I talk about hearts. I talk about I don't know. I talk about whatever I want. Uh, but that's where they find me. But like, really. <laughs> We're, we're on your podcast talking about how to find you. <laughs> I'm so obsessed. It's so cool to like see people and to connect with people who like get it and just like yeah. encourage people to actually. I think essentially that's that's literally what you do. You encourage people to be human. Like forget forget what you have taught to be a robot. Like go back to being human. So um, I didn't answer your question at all. I just wanted to. No. I just want to tell you that. <laughs> just blowing my head up like <laughs> no, thank you like it really means it means a lot because the person I am today um a lot of people a lot of people know I've never I'm I was never this person I was always a very very um dark individual um you know life life happened to me not for me um and Every, everybody else was to blame, you know, and that's something that being able to say that now, I the back then it's like, psh, no, I ain't do shit. Like what? I'm the best. Like, and I, and I actually, I'm not even going to lie to you. I actually reveled in the fact that people like when people referred to me, they referred to me as an asshole, like, like legit. And I was like, you know, you can ask my wife. I, so we, we met and I ghosted her for like a whole day. Like we met on Instagram, whatever. We talked back and forth for a little while. And then I ghosted her for like a whole day. And like, she hit me up like, what the, what, did, what are you doing? What's going on? I'm like, listen, I'm just trying to see if I'm really the asshole that everybody makes me out to be. And da, 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 da. And, blah, and like, it took, it took me really, really doing a lot of deep heart work. Like, yeah, that shit was hard. But it takes heart work. You have to be willing to go deep with yourself. Like you, you can lie to everybody else, but when when it comes to yourself, you need to be as honest as possible. That's the only way you're gonna grow. And that's how that's what I hope people get from my content. Like my mission has always been from the very beginning to leave this world better than I found it, starting with myself. I can't fix I can't fix everything else if I'm not willing to look in the mirror and check myself when I need to be checked but and I can't get mad at somebody else for checking me because I didn't check myself I knew I needed to be checked you know so so that's that's the biggest thing that's the hardest that's the hardest thing and I can so relate to that asshole because that's having a moment (laughs) because I was his boss but anyway I digress (laughs) but seriously it's like it's the I think that that's I wish that people knew, like people who are in that space that you and I can, were in and like can really like resonate with and relate to, it's like almost those people feel like, you know, like I I just am. But like for them to realize like that's the exact space that you need to be in right now in order to make that choice to just start. Yep. Um, 
when people feel like so stuck and they don't see a way out, it's like, I want to shake you. Cause like, no, you are the perfect candidate. <laughs> like, yes. You, you do this. Right. So yeah, you can absolutely do it. You have to get out of your own way and get out of your own head. And I know you said um, something about the ego getting in the way and that's literally it. Like your ego, like is not allowing you to grow. It wants you to stay small. Mm-hmm. Um, because of maybe some childhood adversity, some childhood trauma. Um, and I, that's what I mean. Like, you got to get real with yourself if you ever expect to move through the world the way you were meant to, you know? Yeah. So, okay. All right. So, I'm not going to keep you all day, but I have <laughs> one more question for you. Are you ready? Yeah. I, okay. I feel like the question before was the setup question, but I feel like now it is. No, 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 no. <laughs> this is a question I'm going to ask every single one of my guests, and it has everything to do with the, the title of this podcast. Um, Angela, what does resilience mean to you? Uh, <laughs> well, I was good. I didn't cry this whole time. Uh, resilience means to me, it's just the giving in um, and understanding that every single living thing, I mean, this might be like a little abstract, but like every single living thing on this planet has a purpose. Um, And until you can kind of give in and separate, I don't want to say separate, but until you can give in and kind of like separate from uh, the ego, the fear, the all of that kind of stuff and realize you have a purpose and it, it might not be, you know, to be a whatever famous person or crazy wealthy person doesn't mean that you don't have purpose and I think that uh resilience to me really means that giving in and almost like submitting to energy and the universe and understanding that you you know I don't believe that whole thing of like I hope this answers your question. I don't believe that whole thing of like, you know, God doesn't put people through uh, more than they can handle. Mm -hmm. I think that uh, when you have resilience and when you have, uh, and everybody has it, it's just tapping into it, right? When you're willing to just like give in and kind of like submit and realize that the things are happening to you are to shut you the hell up. Uh, Sometimes we just have to be shut up so that we can listen. And it kind of, it feels lonely. Being resilient is lonely, right? And I think that, uh, I don't, I think that things are going to be thrown your way, thrown your way, thrown your way until you shut up enough to understand what's happening and just like go inside and, and listen and be, have that, have that openness and that willingness to just say like, listen, this is, this is, this is not going to kill me. This going through this is really hard and it really hurts and it's really not the greatest right now, but if I can just quiet enough and just submit and just really just open myself up to learning whatever I have to learn right now, then the moving forward comes and the resilience comes with that, right? But it's that choice of just, you know, I'm not going to keep taking this stuff. Like life is going to throw stuff at me, right? But like how much is being thrown at me? Like why me right now, right? And it's because, people, you know, like it's happened to me before. It's happened to you. Like we, we yeah. just didn't shut up enough, right? So it's like just... Stop, just listen to what's inside. You don't have to listen to all the noise. You don't have to listen to all the static. It's the the willingness to to do that. 
And once you do that and you start doing the inner work and the heart stuff that you were talking about, then the resilience, you are resilient, right? It just then begins to show. So I hope that, I hope that answered. That you just literally, resilience in action. That's what you just explained. Like resilience in action. Like the, the surrender to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That was awesome. That was awesome. Awesome. Um, Angela, thank you so very much for hanging out with us uh, for a little while today. And we appreciate you so much. You do know that, right? Yeah. (laughs) I appreciate you. And thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. We're going to hit this. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Resilience in Action, the podcast with your host, Aaron Brown. And I want you to remember, resilience in action will always lead us to a greater human experience. Until next time.